Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about, is the GM a player? Yeah, and a little bit of segue into GM-less games, I think. Because the two kind of kind of meet somewhere in the middle, as far as for me. First, I think you should say that, first I think you should say that this is a question that right. somebody asked. Yes. And... If you're going to ask questions, I think they should be more specific because this is a very broad question. Well, it's a question that every once in a while pops up on Facebook and other places, also other social media. And there was a interview I saw, and I'm not sure if the guy had actually said it, but it seemed like he had asked that question or made a statement about there's a question out there if a GM is a player, if the GM is an actual player in a game that he's running. And I thought it was, I always thought it was an odd statement or question or statement or question. Either way, it was kind of odd. And it always seemed kind of like, to me, well, of course, it's just, it's, it's a kind of a wacky question to me. But I now try, but then as inquisitive people that I am, a person that I am, uh, <laughs> I would try to figure out why people would say something like that. Why would people say that the GM is not a player? And I, and sometimes those rabbit hole questions drive me kind of crazy. So I, I was trying to think of reasons why people would say that. Okay. I don't think the GM is a player. You're just being the devil's advocate. No. I think the GM is, is the facilitator, is the person who came up with the idea for the scenario if they wrote it themselves or bought the module. But I don't think they're the... I don't think they are a player. I think they are the the game master. Okay. I so that's that's what I was trying to think of 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 where the reasoning was. And I came up with a few not that one, though that one is actually makes sense to me in a certain way because I hadn't thought of that. So Another, another, then you asked me when I was coming up with this topic, you said, you're like, I don't understand the question. I understand the topic. And I'm like, well, and it was hard for me to get it across because it wasn't, there's really isn't that much to the, to the whole topic. And, and I was like, and then you said at one point, well, that's, you say, you think that the player, the GM is a player because you GM all the time. And then that means that you're not a playing in the game. Which no, I mean. what I said is you want the GM to be a right. player because you game all the time. And if they're not the player, then you're not getting to play. Yes, yes. And and that probably, that's probably why I probably am not very objective for the answer to this question as far as where this question came from or what it means. But I came up with some ideas. I, I came up with some ideas of why players or certain players would think that the GM isn't a player in the game that they're, that he's running. Okay, you need to tell us what they are now. So one idea is, if it was from a certain age... He means old-er. If you're a gamer of a certain age... Anyway, yes, exactly. There's this idea of an adversarial GM. Now, I've talk, we've talked about this. We even had a whole podcast on the subject, episode on the subject... And I didn't, I don't think that's where I don't have that problem. Or I never had that problem really because I never, I never really played with a lot of adversarial GMs. And if they were adversarial, they weren't like 
for me, there was an open adversarial like. They weren't literally trying to kill your character right. in front right. of everybody. For the fact that I never had a TPK, I never, I never ran one, and I never played in one as a player. Now, until recently, I hate to say, we played Gamma World. I think it was third edition, and Phil, Phil ran the game, and he, we were way over our head. We were. He ran it by rules as written. Right. And it's a ter- it's a terribly written rules set. I mean, I think. Oh, I, d- I don't know about terribly written. It's kind of crunchy. It is very old school. Yes. 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 Uh, you, you could die, which was I did. I was the first one to go, and uh, my character kind of sucked. Well, that's what happens when you have to when you literally roll your dice to figure out what your um, mutations oh, are. Mutations are yes. Because your mutations were counterproductive to each other. Exactly. And and it's totally random. But Philip isn't adversarial as no, a GM. No. Well, he, he I think he was running a module. He was running yeah. an adventure. And I don't know what, I don't know. I think we were first level. I don't know if we were. I'm, you were first level because right? I made a character for that game. I didn't play it because. You were too tired. I was too tired, but. No, but it was it was fun. I really liked it. I mean, we, we got, I don't know how far we got to the end of the game. Well, you all died. So. But we all died pretty much in the same part of the of the game which is actually fitting because it, we run uh, a three game or three session session limit on our friday nights and uh and we rotate gms and that was his third night so i don't know maybe he did it on purpose to end end it so we wouldn't have to come back in for another I don't session think so i think he just let you experience the yes. exactly what was and he was happen. stunned when i said ah, that's my first tpk and i'm not sure i think mike and Felipe, I think all of us had never had a TPK. But see, we played our game, and then I hate to get into the history of who we are, but my brother had started a club in Salinas at a public library. It's a Steinbeck public library in Salinas. And at one point, it, me, I stopped going for whatever reason, and then my brother stopped going, and even though he was in charge. So... Basically, it just ran itself. The, the librarians would open the doors and let the kids in. They were young people. And, like, Felipe was still, like, the leader or the organizer of the, of the club, but he he didn't show up or he stopped showing up. And then, anyway, so what happened was uh, Phil, Phil and Jim and others became the, the game masters and stuff. And so Felipe's guidance in that sense kind of went away and it became what most people would consider a typical young male games happening at the Steinbeck Library where there was a lot of TPKs, there was a lot of player-on-player violence and, and stuff. Not player-on-player, character-on-character violence. I hope it's game. not player-on-player. Player. Yeah. So they had a totally different experience than I did, and there, there was a there was a one player, Randy, I believe, and he, he was very chaotic anyway you know, in his real life. And his characters were always crazy, right? They were always doing crazy things. And he actually would run games. I think he would run Traveler was the game of choice. And he was very adversarial. He And, and Philip, because I don't remember playing with Randy. I mean, you know, he was a friend of the yes, Blakes. Yes, yes. And uh, did you ever meet Randy? Yes. Okay, yes, right. We actually were in a uh, rotisserie baseball league together. So they, they, I think they had a different experience growing up, being young men, playing D&D and other role-playing games than we did, than me and my friends did. Because you hear these horror stories all the anyway. time. Anyway. About 
young guys playing role playing games. Anyway, so right. your argument there is that the GM shouldn't be a player. No, 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 no. So I, so I was thinking that maybe people like my age were like the last, not the last era of the adversarial GM, but it seems like the way games are are structured or written, the adversarial GM kind of should should had gone to the way of the dinosaurs. Because people your age who played with adversarial GMs made the next generation of games. And there's that, yeah. And I, and I and I thought and I think that the hobby has changed. Especially when you look at games today. And then people today, they don't enter the game because of usually of like they were token fans or fantasy fans and and there were war gamers. They enter because of social media, right? They see Critical Role, they, they remember the the TV show Dungeons and Dragons. They may have seen any of the crappy movies that came out ten years ago or more, and and thought about playing it. And and that's your opinion of the movies, right? Oh no, it's pretty universal. It's pretty. They're pretty crappy. Actually, the 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 low budget one is better than the high production value one that was ten years in the making, which is should have not made it for ten years. It was terrible. Uh, but they're making another one, so who knows? It might, might be good. Anyway, so to me, people who play now come from a different background or whatever. And so to me, things it seems like it would be that there's no adversarial GMs running games anymore. But I guess there is. But I guess there is. The whole idea is that that the GM be not being adversarial would make it that doesn't have anything to do with the GM being a player, though. Well, in the eyes of people who are like, like if you if you played under an adversarial GM, it was you against him or her against the, the the GM, and you were trying to keep your character alive by using the rules and stuff like that. For me, people look at that as seeing that well, one is probably not a good way to play, but two, the GM is like inserting himself into a game, right, and he's being Here. a player. To succinctly t- say what you're saying, when I ask Google, this is what she told me. When I ask, is the GM a player? She says, in general, no, but it depends upon the game. In games where the GMs play an adversarial role or, educate or adjunct- adjudicates rewards, also playing characters creates a conflict of interest. There will likely be questions of favoritism towards her own role. Okay, that's true. That's that's when I think when you have a GM that has their own player character in the game, and I think that definitely is a terrible idea. Uh, some people say, "Oh no, there's no problem," and obviously there is a problem because people are you willing to kill your character as a GM? Uh, and some people, "Oh yeah, I have no problem." Liars, right? Anyway, so I think there's that too. You're right. There's that situation where. Uh, maybe even if it isn't a GM character, GM PC, PC, they might have a favorite NPC, right? And I, I've developed that in my game. I've talked about Jervis, the that's the, that's the guy, your own issue, the guy from 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 Forgotten Realms, who I really like the character. I think he's pretty cool. Now, if a player thought that he was evil or up to no good or whatever or whatever, and tries to kill him. I probably in the past I would try to do anything to save that character, but now I'll let the player have do the. I, I don't think you would. I would let the player do the action and 
have to deal with the consequences. That's which wouldn't it be good because Jervis is the the leader of the town, the person in charge. Yes, yes. Anyway, so so you're just saying basically that the game master isn't a player, even though you're arguing in what you wrote earlier that the game master is a player. Okay, so uh, you could take that route, I guess, that idea. But another thing I was thinking about is, be, but because the the player the player the gm interacts with the players how does he interact not only does he adjudicate not only does he say well this is what you encounter this is what happens but he also plays plays npcs non-player characters and non-player characters are the way the players interact with the world and obviously uh, what is what what is what is a role-playing game when people are playing roles and interacting with each other this is usually players are interacting with each other, but the GM also does that right through non-player characters. He is playing a Nancy the the barmaid. Nancy the barmaid is interacting with Ironbeard, Chrome Star, whatever his the dwarven name is. So he's interacting. They're role playing. Ironbeard is trying to find information about stuff, and here's Nancy the the barmaid who's interacting with them and the GM is playing Nancy and that's role playing. And so obviously to me, anytime a <clears throat> anytime a GM plays an NPC, he's role playing and therefore he's in the game. He's a player in the game. So any idea that the GM is not a player is hogwash. Hogwash I say. For that simple fact, right? I, I totally disagree. Ugh. When you're when you're when you're running the non player characters it's because it's part of the encounters that you're creating for the players. You created the adventure or you're running a module. You're facilitating the the game at the table. You're not a player. You're the game master. Okay. I agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were going to talk about GMS games, right? This question brings up the idea that it, the game master maybe shouldn't be in charge that it should be because people don't want these adversarial gms which i haven't really met um but no the 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 game master as a player would mean that you were playing a a gm-less game i read but i've played in gm-less games and if there wasn't somebody who knew the rules to start with and told everybody else what they were and how to play it's so it's really not gm-less that person or people who have played it before or know the rules have can can facilitate for everybody to be able to play it. Right. But still, when there comes to be a question, people are going to have to stop being the player and look at the rules and make a decision. Yeah, I have noticed that in almost every uh, every game that we have played, where there's a GMless called a GMless game, and we played a few. There's always somebody who seems to be in charge because they know the rules or and because of that, knowing the rules. And sometimes... It's not always just one person either. Sometimes it's right. a couple. There is just, sometimes it is a couple people. And it and it's not quite the person's in charge of the game. Of, of the, he's not like a GM. But without that person who has really read the rules and stuff, it really doesn't work, right? The... the we we wouldn't know what to do the rest of us 
so GMless is kind of like a weird name to me because there is somebody usually who knows more about the game than everybody else and is and we lean on that person at the very least to sometimes like not adjudicate the rules but at least explain the rules better because sometimes there's going to be questions as to what this means and we have run into that quite a bit sometimes uh, we run that all the time in in the GMless games and and I think we there's certain games we haven't played that are supposedly are more GMless than others the ones we played were pretty uh seemed kind of complicated you know the, the, to me well if it's going to be GMless I get the feeling it has to be kind of complicated right cuz there's nobody running the game yeah so there have to be all these rules and we'll take the lindworm game that we That's played exactly for example what I was thinking about. if bay hadn't read the rules and then we all had them right so yes. we were all looking at them and figuring out you kind of had to read it to figure out you know what your goals and stuff were and and because each character had different objectives i think i think it might be if there's no gm then the players really have to step up and unfortunately read the rules because a lot of times when i run a game may it might be a one that people have never heard of like the other day like the, uh, just a few weeks ago i read the, this one time <laughs> you you run new games all the time so right. people haven't ha- read the rules or right. you you give them a pdf like two days before well i try to give them a little bit more i get i share the pdf that i have with them for for the game before so they can at least or you make, send them a book in the mail and say okay we're gonna play this next friday i do that too too so i do do that and i and i and i ask them hey if you really want to try this you know get the experience of the game you should make a character and some people do some people don't and so when we get together usually i'm the one with the most experience with the rules because i have read the rules i looked at them and i go i want to play this game and we play the game and usually the gm i hate to say it the the gm is the person who usually chooses the game buys the books and then presents it to the players and say let's play this game and so the gm is the one more knowledgeable than the rest as far as how the rules work. So when there's no GM, then all the players have to step up. It seems like they have to step up, read all the rules, try to understand them as best as possible, and then play the game together. But because I I haven't really done that, when the Linwood came out, I read the rules kind of, and I'm like, okay, it didn't really make too much sense. And I heavily depended on Bay to interpret or give me the understanding of what the rules said. But if everybody had done their due diligence in a, in, a, in a GMless game and read the rules to the point where they understood everything, how it works, and then began the game, maybe you won't need somebody like Bay to explain the rules when when you're not quite understanding what's going on. Well, and even when you do read the rules, because I read the parts that I read it as we were going through it, and as soon as I got it, and right. we figured out what we were doing. But <laughs> even then, we had to have a discussion about discussions about different parts of the rules. And when we, since we were playing on Roll20, and we weren't playing in person, which I think if you're going to play this game, the Lindworm game, yeah. I forget what it's called. I don't think it's called the Lindworm. I don't know what it's called. You're right, it's not called the Lindworm. But, but anyway. if you're playing that game, it's a you really it should really be an in-person game with a board and actual like pens to pen stuff to the board 
because you're doing all of these things where things are supposed to run together. There's supposed to be a line from one action down to something. Right, right. And different things like that. So, Well, we had that whiteboard on Roll20. Yes, but on Roll20, it's not exactly the same as in person. I agree. And also, Bay and Morgan took a lot of time to to create separate pages with... I mean, we all set up the game, right? Yeah. But after that, they took time to put all the rules in that they thought were important to know and the actions that you could take. Because if they didn't do that, it would have been a lot harder to to figure it out. So although it says it's a GMless game, I disagree that because <laughs> people had to figure it out and do it because usually the GM fa- facilitates that kind of stuff, right? Right, right. And sometimes, you know, if, if, you have a, if you don't have a GM, everybody has to know the rules where a GM can sometimes, so when, in, in, a, in a regular RPG where there is a GM, the players don't really have to know all the rules until they encounter him, right? Until, the, uh, until they need that rule. And then Technically... Technically, in a regular RPG game that you're playing all the time, you really should know the rules for your character. Maybe you don't know the rules right. for everything, but if you're a magic user, you should know how to use your magic. That's true. But, I mean, a lot of times the gym says, oh, you know, like for combat, oh, the person doesn't know. He goes, oh, you roll a d20, and this is the number you need to roll that or higher or lower, whatever. So you're right. I think, uh, I think GMless games... Depending on how complicated they are, some I think are a lot less complicated. I think uh, we played. I uh, played in a samurai game. I thought it was very interesting. I think if I think I felt better playing that game when than I was playing the Linworm. Uh, the Linworm game was it was a horror game, uh, a summer camp or something, whatever it was called. I forget what it was called, but the Japanese Japanese it was a Japanese samurai ninjutsu game was really fun. And it was very open. It was like, you know, everybody commands a scene and you can include another person in the scene if you want to. Other people can try to interject themselves into the scene on your permission, blah, blah, blah. But it was good. I, I liked that one. I liked, I had more of a, <clears throat> I had a better time playing that game than the Linworn game. But the Linworn game is a horror game and I wasn't really into the whole, I'm not into the real horror aspects of that game. That genre, yeah. yeah. Especially that one, right? That one has to do with traumatic what, issues when you're a kid. If I, I've said this before, even though I didn't live in a an ideal in an ideal growing up situation, I did have an idyllic, uh, if that's a word, adolescent period. Right? I was a kid who I was like Mayberry. I was riding my bike in the neighborhood until the sun went down. Right? That was the rules. You know, you better be home before sundown. They weren't worried about me doing drugs somewhere or anything like that. It was just something that was very, it was like Mayberry. Except there was gangs out there and stuff, but for the most part, it was okay. So I really thought that that, that Japanese uh, samurai game was a lot more fun and conducive to GMless playing than, than the Linworm, simply because it was much less rules. And there's other games that have less rules uh, where you, more or less you play roles already, right? They give you like a sheet of paper. They call them playbooks or whatever we want to call them. And they kind of explain the rules on that one sheet of paper and you just play that role. Usually Fiasco is one that's always claimed to be a very good GMless game, though I've never actually played Fiasco. So I think, I think GMless games are 
for for the most part, it seems like to me, and I guess I think you agree the idea that they're GMless is kind of a misnomer. Uh, sometimes some of them do admit that there needs to be a facilitator or somebody who really knows the rules. And in the case of the 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 one about the linworm, because it's really like super structured and there's like three acts and all this stuff is happening. I think it's I think you need somebody who really knows the rules and and uh, hardly I don't think unless you get people who are really bought into the to the game, are you going to get three, four, or five players? I don't know how many players you can get in that game to read all the rules and have full understanding of the rules. So that's what I think. I think that in that in those situations where there's a lot of rules, the idea that they're GMless is kind of not quite true. So the idea of the GM as a player, or is the GM a player, Right, would um, really only apply if you're playing a, a GM-less game, because then the person who knows the game the best would be playing it also. Right. As a player. Yes. So in reality... Uh-oh, here we go. When <laughs> the question is asked of, is the GM a player, really, the GM's job is, is really to plan out the adventure, or read the module, okay. know all the rules, and the players should probably do that too, especially if you're playing D&D &D or something like that. <laughs> but they're basically put out the plot of the story that you're going to be playing that day, right? Right. So that doesn't necessarily make them a player. That makes them the author of the, of the day. <laughs> um, the director, because during the game, they're like directing the action you know, let it put facilitating for the players to be to be playing the roles that they're playing. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And then that. they have to be a referee, right? Because they have to uh, decide on which way the rule goes. Yeah, they adjudicate. And then they're managing the entire day adventure to make sure that people stay on track and I don't mean that as a railroad track I just mean that you know Charlie doesn't go off and talk for two hours on one thing right. and everybody else is sitting at the table falling asleep or looking at their phones so that's another job of the of the GM and none of those really shout player to me except when they're playing an NPC that's part of facilitating the encounter for the players Okay, I understand what you're saying, but I agree to disagree. <laughs> oh, I, 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 totally, I totally agree with you in every aspect of what you just said. Totally agree with you. But, in, but I disagree with you that you're saying that the, the GM is not a player in the game. This because deep down, every time you run a game, you want to be considered playing in that game. Yes, yes, I am. I am. You're right. Because I'm, I'm get. I mean, you're right. The thing is that the GM usually in a traditional GM game, the GM has. I'm not saying that he doesn't have more responsibilities. In fact, he does or she does. Right? They have more responsibilities in everything that that makes the game work. You know, they're talking about. You know, people talk about pacing. They talk about timing. They talk about uh, keeping the game going forward. Making sure it's balanced. I don't, know, I don't worry about too much about balance, but the, but they do talk about 
uh, what moving the game forward and keeping the game interesting and entertaining. And that's a lot of hats that the GM wears. And, and, and I think anybody who out there who's never GM'd and has been playing for a while, you have to GM. One, you, it, it's a learning experience, and it opens your eyes to the, the machinations that are going out behind the screen. I know most people don't use screens anymore behind the GM screen. But you really like, holy cow, this is, a, this is a lot of work. And maybe you're nicer to your GM after that. But at the same time, I think when, when you're doing playing all those hats, you're taking this hat off, putting that hat on, one of the hats you put on is the player because you're playing an NPC and you're interacting and you're role-playing with another player and you're part of the game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And you are a player in that game. Uh, I know that I know you're, you're smiling at me, just nodding your, shaking your head no, but uh, maybe I'm not being objective because I GM quite a bit. You're totally not being objective. <laughs> I don't know. Let's... All of those things you just said would mean that you were directing the game. If you considered it a play or or a TV show, you would be the director, not the player. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Well. I think we're just going to have to disagree on this one, and that's okay. That's fine. We don't always have to be whatever, you know, single-minded. And uh, let, let, the, let the listeners decide. You know, email us or leave a comment on our, on our uh, Facebook page, Gaming Perspectives. We have a Facebook page. I don't know if you've ever been there, but go on there, answer the question, listen to what you have, or give us some more topics. We would love to hear from you. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul. Angeline. You have a good day.